Welcome to OCR Unedited. I'm uh, your host, Dave Claxton, along with my co-host. Juan Carlos. And today we're here because we have something that we haven't had in a long time. We have Ninja News. And Ninja has not had a lot going on lately. We've been very dominant in the OCR because there's been so much going on. But today we have with us Scott Fredrickson, who is the owner and operator of Ninja Life in Pensacola, Florida. Do I got that right? Yep, that's correct. All right, well, thanks for Welcome. coming on with us. Thanks. All right. Um, so first off, Scott, um, I think we'll go. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your about your gym? What's going on down there? Well, we were a uh, new gym opening up, uh, opened up in October. And then uh, that was a rough month, of course, but uh, smoothed out the second month. And by the time we hit our third month, we started showing uh, improvements as far as our cash flow, our, our, our members joining. And uh, from then, each month doubled itself all the way up until March when uh, the doors were slammed shut. That was our first profitable month. Um, so we were pretty happy until, like I said, we got that notification that uh, so many of us did. But, um, you know, we, we struggled through it and we opened up a few weeks ago. And I mean, I can, I can plainly see from behind you there That's that you guys, guys didn't look like you spared much expense. That looks like some quality gear you got on the go. I built everything in this whole place, except for the cargo nets, which nice. someone questioned me on. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I get a lot of compliments. I'm proud of it. So try no. to mix up the, the aluminum with the, some traditional stuff, too. Yeah, man, you did a good job, man. It looks really good. I expect Thanks. free passes if we get down to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to get down there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the main reasons where I say it's, it is Ninja News, and that's because, um, Scott, you guys are going to be holding what we believe is the first post-COVID or however you would put it, uh, ninja competition indoors. Correct. Yep. So, yeah, tell us what's on the slate for that. So, we originally we were going to be just a, an area qualifier, but there's been several competitions that literally are just going to fall off the schedule and not happen due to the crunch time, I guess you'd say. So, Bob with UNA has allowed us to do an area and a regional, even though it's our first year. Um, so, what we're doing is our first day event uh, on Saturday will run X amount of the classes or age groups as a UNA competition area qualifier. After that's done, we'll do our sanitizing, our restructuring of the course and our awards, and then we'll jump right back into that same age group um, and do the regional competition. Uh, so that, in my opinion, you don't have to have people coming back on the second day. We'll just uh, do it back to back. So. There'll be an hour break, and uh, that's plenty of time for anyone to recover. So that's how we're, we're structuring it. Yeah, now, okay, um, oh, oh, go ahead, Juan. Um, with this event, uh, the safety measures, I'm sure that you're, you're going to have safety measures uh, that people will have to uphold. And uh, how will that be different from your past events? So... Our natural or normal protocol was always to sanitize and wipe down walls, light switches, handles, and everything, uh, chairs and seats, and, um, and the obstacle course itself. We did not sanitize and climb up there um, and do the cannonball, so to speak, every day. But that is definitely what we've been doing after each class. We've been giving ourselves ample time to do such. Um, so, for example, when we have a class now, the kids come in or the adults come in, the first thing they do is they go to the restrooms, wash their hands uh, with soap for the right amount of time. That's um, good. 
we're a liquid chalk uh, facility, so there's actually more alcohol um, in the liquid chalk than there is in the sanitizer, so we're good there. Um, so when people arrive, we're doing a walkthrough video for each age group. So we're not gonna have the whole mass of competitors in here at one time walking through. We're going to do um, a video that's gonna be, uh, you, you're gonna need to watch that video the day before the competition. Um, all the questions are gonna be answered in there. If there are additional questions, they can ask them uh, when they arrive. And then we'll have our run order. We're gonna bring the first five competitors in. Um, everyone else was gonna be staged outside under uh, canopies or tent. Um, there will be some people inside that will be the next five competitors. And as one finishes, we'll have that sixth competitor come inside the gym so that they can see what's going on and watch some of the other competitors go through the course. Um, and then once we're done, that whole class will go outside, do the award ceremony while we have a group uh, that are already ready and we'll have them sanitize. Um, everything that was used and make the course modifications so that we can roll right into the regional portion of the competition. And that's kind of cool. That, 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 that is interesting. But one thing I got from that, from when you're telling me that is I'm so used to going and I've gone to many ninja competitions, competed quite a lot. And I'm used to being as a master's athlete. I run very late in the day. I run almost last almost every time. Yeah. Now, interesting with these just five people going in at a time, one of the big advantages I've always had is that I get to see everybody go through the course. I get to see where they take advantage of things, where they make mistakes, you know, the good and the right. bad. Now with this five at a time, that's really going to eliminate a bit of that, which kind of puts a cool little wrinkle in it. Like, you know, it's almost like if you're drawing that number one of the fifth, every five people going in, it could be a bit of a, you know, a bit of a disadvantage, but in a way it's, it's kind of cool because normally it's just that number one guy overall that has a disadvantage. Now it's spread out into groups. I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah, you don't know your competition here. Yeah, so you have to put, every time you go out, you're gonna to have to go and do your best because you do not know what's out there. Yeah, no, no. You're, I, I like that anyway. That you need to go out and do your best, regardless. But you do well, yeah, pick up on exactly. certain moves from other competitors that might be on the on their A game. But we, I did forget, we are going to have a monitor out in the. Uh, yeah, that was going to be outside. my next question. <laughs> because okay, we, so then. we do a live feed. We do a live feed for Facebook on all of our competitions. So yeah, okay. Well, that's good because I know I know UNNA does not require, and, and for those of you who don't know, United right. Ninja Athletic Athletic Association, I believe I got that right. Yeah, uh, they don't require a live feed. I know a lot of gyms do it, and it's really entertaining. I wish I wish they'd yeah. all do it. Um, but yeah, so that's good. You'll be streaming it out there, so everybody will be just like a normal competition that way. But still, there's a little few nuances that you miss when on the live stream that you, that you get when you're just right there. I mean, key little hand placements, key you know, oh, yeah. foot placement, stuff like that. Every little bit in Ninja just can mean so much because you're talking about fractions of seconds grip that might make all the difference in the world. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. So um, this, uh, sorry, and we never said, what's the date of the event? What's the date of the, your competition? June 6th and 7th, a Saturday and a Sunday. And are you doing the full range of age groups? Yes. Yep. All right, and, and they're all gonna, are they all gonna run Saturday and then Sunday? So are you doing the kids Saturday? So we're, we're starting with the nine and under uh, on mm -hmm. Saturday morning at eight. And then I think the way we've got it structured and scheduled, we'll get through the 15 year old. And then uh, on Sunday, then we'll pick up with the uh, amateur adults, the, uh, and the pros and and uh finish it out that day that's a good so, schedule that's good 
but you won't be required to come both days unless you've got children and you're competing yeah. and something like that. Okay. So when you were setting up these competitions and for people who don't know, there, there are different leagues to choose from. Uh, but predominantly the two bigger ones would be the UNAA, the United Ninja Athletic Association, and the National Ninja League. I, for one, very much have a preference, but uh, I'm curious from your perspective, why you went with UNAA over NNL? Uh, honestly, it was a hard decision. Um, it is, it I is. Like, I like different things about each one. And my first approach, I spoke with Bob at the finals uh, with UNAA, and then I also spoke to Chris Wilczewski and then I called him up and I tried to be the first gym that was, I guess you'd say, dual sanctioned, um, where yeah. we could hold both. <laughs> um, Bob was for it. Um, Chris and I guess some board members um, were a little bit more reluctant. And I said, all right, no hard feelings. you know." So I ended up going with the UNA, obviously. Um, and more just, I think, no disrespect to NNL, because like I said, uh, we compete in that. And we think that they're great. And both both sides are improving, improving every year um, right. when we everyone sees it. So we want the UNAA just based on the rules and, you know, it, it's, it sucks when you fall and you're done, especially when you traveled so far. Um, that's probably the biggest reason right there. So, so Scott, um, briefly, uh, myself and many others watching. So briefly, can you explain the difference between UNAA UNAA and NNL. What are, what's the so difference the, between both leagues? So the the NNL is more structured and geared like the show. If you fall off of an obstacle, you're done. You hit the water, you're done. Okay. So that's how they're structured. Um, okay. You know, course and the event, uh, they're structured similar to UNA, but you fail uh, one time and and you're going home. That's it. So the UNAA, you have three uh fails um got you okay they, and they made some improvements this year um where if you fail you don't retry you just keep moving so oh that is new that's interesting and 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 i'm gonna tell you like you know i'm gonna jump on my little bandwagon and tell you and i totally i would have went with unaa as well i competed in nnl quite a lot and i do like them there they put on a good event but for the same reason as i'm i'm not a pro i compete uh, along with my son and, and my fiance, we go together and we compete. And for us to travel, like say six hours is not unusual. And then to go there and be one and done is very frustrating. And, and my anecdotal means of this is not last year, not last NNL championship, but the year before was in Hartford, Connecticut. Right. Um, that was an eight hour drive for us. Uh, the hotel room, the sign, because hotels for like four days, everything else. I mean, it was a big, big undertaking, a big sense. I went with my son, myself, and my son's friend who we'd all qualified for the finals. Uh, all three of us were done on the first obstacle as I believe 95% of the rest of the competition was. Yeah. And it was, um, you know, I mean, we had a great time. The boys got to meet their heroes and get autographs and, and, and everybody did all the best they could. But in a situation where the course was just designed a bit too ambitious, a bit too hard, um we all had to to take our lumps because there were so many of us that were one and done you've spent all that money and you really didn't even have a shot um even to add to it i did commentary for the second half of the masters after i went 
And I said during the commentary, I'm like, this is very difficult to do when nobody gets past the second obstacle. <laughs> or, you know? So, um, yeah, so I, I, I agree with you with the UNAA, the extra, you know, the one and done is great for professionals and for the show, but for parents and the average community members trying to just start, start out competing, you need to let them have their run and yeah. let them have a chance to be competitive, in my opinion. So I'm totally Yeah, happy. a lot of time and money spent to be sent home after eight, ten seconds. So I got to ask, which, which step did you make it to? <laughs> the first one. <laughs> I made it to the last one. Oh, did you? Yeah. No, I am. Um, uh, honestly, what I did, and I can tell you straight out, I jumped at that step and I didn't analyze it properly in my head. I grabbed the top of it, which is fine, but I led for, and this is how, this is over a year ago. I remember every fraction of a second. Um, I led forward with my right foot instead of my left, which caused it to spin. And then when my left foot landed, there was no, no uh, yep. quad step ahead and that just brushed the floor and that was it. So I think I was done in like less than three seconds. <laughs> little little arrogance got me. I, I studied Drew's video on those and probably watched it 30 times and, and understood the mechanics and I went through them great. And I was like, oh, this I got this. And then the crowd yelling and you might've been standing there. Probably was. <laughs> and I lost my focus and I pushed off the wrong foot on the last one to go to the block. And I was just oh. like, Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, a, it was smooth until then. But And, and you know good. what? After, afterwards, during uh, what they call um, redemption time, and for those of you who don't know, redemption time in NNL is essentially after the competition has been completed, they allow you to go out and play on the obstacles and see what you can do and try to make up for your mistakes, which is bittersweet um, because, one, you learn, hey, I could do that, and two, you learn, crap, I can do that. So for me, as soon as I went back out in redemption time, I put in a run for the through the first two obstacles. I, I didn't make the third one either, even in Redemption. But that would have been fast enough to put me on the podium for Masters. Yeah. And I was like, ah, jeez. So, yeah. so the ropes I bet, were bad, but that third one was no chance. Did you did you manage to do the rope in one swing? Oh, yeah. The ropes were not a problem. I no, wasn't I, even worried about it. But, yeah. I got uh, the rope, like, literally in the one swing. I took the middle rope, put it undone, yeah. just one swing straight across as opposed to using yeah. the maze. So. Anyway, sorry, enough of uh, <laughs> regaled former non-glory. So, Scott, here, I got a couple of questions for you. One, so your gym is, um, I guess, it brings in everybody of all fitness levels, uh, of all ages. Yep. Okay. For myself, um, I'm an OCR obstacle course racer. So I do train my grip strength on various um, obstacles, some that I have here set up at home in order for me to go prepare for my races. Do you get athletes of all other, in, in all other sports coming to your gym and participating and then training at your gym? Yeah, so our, our biggest, I would say, would be maybe gymnastics or gymnasts. Um, but yeah, we've seen football and baseball, um, martial arts um what else crossfit which is oh. interesting because they try to muscle everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they do yep. exactly yeah. so it's kind of funny so you've got yeah, we see a variety of, i'm sorry i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead no i was just saying we see a variety of different uh, athletic backgrounds for sure oh great and so you also have i guess programs built for these type of athletes to come in and then want to train at your gym or just it's one of those play, go ahead, have fun. 
No, so we have a requirement. It's an introduction to Ninja, and that's for a couple of different reasons, really for the insurance impact, um, because we go over safety stuff, and um, gotcha. and that's we're, we're pretty solid on that. Um, and then it also takes you through the basic movements, you know, for example, rings and body movement and mechanics of, of those things. So it's really uh, information uh, driven and educational. You can take a take away from what you just learned in that class and do open gym and continue to apply it and get better and better. But we also, That's awesome. uh, most, most everyone does some sort of class, at least one class a week. And then we have open gym that are uh, packaged with our class, uh, you know, packets as well. So it's, it's pretty more popular with the kids. We have a pretty solid um, adult group that's building. We're about, once things get rolling back hundred percent, we'll definitely have to split that adult class up um, because it's going to be too large for one, for one session. So I'm happy about that. So, so here's, here's a quick question for you along the same lines of what Juan's talking about there. So as Juan explained, he's predominantly an OCR athlete, but we do both compete OCR together. Um, whereas then Juan will venture off more into the trail running and the running side of it. And I venture more off into the ninja side of it. If you have somebody like Juan, who's coming in there, who's a you know, good OCR athlete, but it, you know, what do you suggest is the first thing they work on in order to transition to, to get into the ninja sport? What do you, what do you think they should do in order to get ready for the first competition? Well, the grip, the grip strength is probably the most important. Um, you, you, you have to have some good grip strength to do the obstacles. Um, so making sure that you have that or at least start working on it and paying attention to your hands where you're not going to get blistered or ripped. Um, then you're going to, you know, then you'll be set back. So we always pay attention to that with new people we explain to them what to look for and uh, we've been pretty pretty lucky on that um and then the movements just like i was saying with the rings if that's one of the basic movements you know if you know how to pull you know how to use your hips you know how to throw your legs and turn your body that same principle will apply to so many other obstacles so that basic technique or tip right there is something that we really uh focus on and then swinging knowing how to swing on a lache bar uh, trapeze bar, I'm sorry, um, knowing how to kick, you know, tuck your, your knees and kick out and then kip on the way back, um, getting the most energy or most out of your kick. Uh, that's really important. And then that applies to a, a fixed bar uh, when you start doing laches as well. But those two things right there, um, that's what we focus on. Um, like I said, it's, awesome. it's the, the ground or the foundation of all that, I think. Yeah, that's that, awesome. That, the whole body awareness in the air. Go ahead, Juan. Yeah, no, I agree with the first two things. So, I mean, as an OCR racer, the, the one thing that I had to learn as I got into the sport more and, and in, um, I had to strengthen my grip. And the one thing that I had to learn in is also monitoring, you know, like you said, uh, in, in improve my hand grip but also making sure that I monitor my hands so I don't get, like you said, you know, I, I don't get the cuts, right? And I'm able to continue training because it's the, the worst thing is when you get those cuts on your hands and then that's it, you're, you have to sit out until you're, uh, you're cured. And then proper form. That's yeah, something you, that I also had to learn is doing proper form so you don't fatigue yourself, you don't fatigue yeah. your muscles, you don't, you, know, you, don't put, you don't add that stress when you're in competition that you're able to do it nice and smooth, quick transition, get out, continue. Yeah, if you're productive with your movements, then you're saving so much energy. Exactly. So, so yeah. That's why you see so many of the CrossFitters lying on the floor after 10 meters of obstacles. 
Yeah. Not that I'm judging the CrossFitters. They're tough, man. They do some wicked stuff. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, in their world, they yeah, try in to their rip world. the rings off the off the bars, you know, and like, yeah. no, you don't have to pull like that. <laughs> so I say uh, we said earlier that you are going to be the first indoor competition uh, post COVID, but there was last weekend um, yeah. UBW uh, Ultimate Backyard Warrior. They had Ur- is it Urban or Ultimate Backyard? Was Ultimate, Ultimate yeah. right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. the ultimate. All right, all right. Phew, thank gosh. It's gonna look foolish. <laughs> so they had an event last weekend. Um, it, it looked fairly well received. It looked like great weather. I saw some videos. Um, uh, why don't Why don't you describe? I'll you describe kind of what what went on there because uh, you were supposed to be, uh, or were hopefully able yeah. to get involved. Yeah. So if Mike Cook hears this or whatever, I already apologize. <laughs> um, had an injury, and so we had a setback here. But I was committed to go there and help him, um, which I like to do to be involved as much as I can. Um, so anyway, we we didn't go, but I did communicate with him. Uh, we were there last year and the year before, and uh, so his his turnout was a little less than half of what he was last year. So obviously impacted. Um, he was still real happy with what he did have. I think his numbers were, I think he said 150, a little over 150. And that's so, actually that was, considering the situation. I think that's a fantastic turnout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why he was happy. So and just and so that tells you how big the event normally is. It's you know mm-hmm. it's pretty big. You get a lot of big names, uh, and it's uh, it's a tough it's a tough competition. Um, yeah. You know, being outdoors, you, you endure the heat, uh, so you're you're faced with some elements. Um, but just the excitement of it, I think, picks people up. But you were right though; they had some good weather this week. Um, they, they had a break in the temperature. Uh, it's not quite as hot as what it is in the summer competition that they have. And uh, from what I saw too, like they got some really, I think that it is outside and allows for such grand building. I mean, like you can build to the sky quite literally. They have some very innovative and unique, unique obstacles. Um, I have no idea what it's called, but the obstacle where they were on the four, it looked like four inch PVC pipe with donut rings around it. And they had to pull out a pin and slide it down and the climb back. I had never seen that thing before. And I was like, that looks like probably the most exhausting ninja obstacle I've ever seen. It was like a super fast course. And then it got to that point. And it was like, all of a sudden get ready for your marathon. Cause you're going to be on this thing for a while. I was just like, yeah, oh. yeah he comes up, <clears throat> he comes up with some good, uh, some good things each year. Um, he had two of them last year that were uh, one, one, the guys, well, everyone was like trying to figure out before the competition came around, how are they going to do it? Um, and you, you'd see them struggling. And uh, when it came down to it, though, um, most most of the good ones had it figured out and uh, and executed one of two different ways. So it was pretty exciting. And but then the last obstacle was the was the killer uh, last year. But can't can't have everybody get get through all of them. Got to stop and, them somewhere. And that's what comes back to being the last guy to run is seeing all of <laughs> who did what. Yep. Yep. Let let other people explore for you. Um, yeah. Now something that that. Uh, I've spoke with a friend uh, who was at the event, um, uh, I guess uh, the Viking Ninja, Kip. Um, he told me his biggest takeaway from the competition was that the kids are taking over. Yes. He's like, he's like, no longer is the 25 to 30-year-old guy with um, man strength the dominant force. It is now the 15 to 17-year-old kid yep. who has that body to strength uh, ratio. You know, yep. long, lanky, and uh, um, I mean, I, are you seeing the same thing throughout the sport that that like this is becoming the way? 
yeah, absolutely. I think about that all the time, and it's it's um, it's that introduction to what is it, uh, testosterone that comes from their body. <laughs> and, uh, they're like, whoa, what, what is are this? they feeding these kids? <laughs> yeah. So, and and another thing, just to comment on that is, I always say how you know you can look at you can look at a football player or you know a lot of different athletes in certain you know there's certain I guess uh, expertise, but you look at ninjas and you will see the the bookworm you know type type of kid that's killing the course um that's what's cool you you can't you can't judge any of these competitors on how they look because you you'll be proved wrong and i love that so but yeah going back to what you said um the the last two years we've really noticed it um last year we were at a competition in texas uh iron sports and um the I asked my wife, I was like, what's going on with the nine and under age group? You know, they were, they were still going and it was in the afternoon and they were the first class to run. She said, you didn't hear there's like 68 competitors, you know, two years before that you're in the mid twenties, you know, that, that age group typically was the biggest one or the 11 and under those were the two big ones, but 68 competitors and they were running into the afternoon while the, it's just amazing. I mean, that, that age group, those two age groups just continue to double it's it's amazing and then that's what's moving on up and mm-hmm. you know so i believe it, yeah the kids the kids are where it's going to be at obviously look at caden lebzak caden no, what did he want a car this weekend did he not yeah yeah he got he want a car and and look at him i mean he's you know he's he's thin and lanky but you wouldn't think he was much of a, a real athlete but watch him run yeah, oh yeah yeah really impressive so I was hoping this would kind of steer you down the road because you had talked, we had talked previously about um, the way you're going to design your course. So what's going to be different about how you're designing your course for your particular competition? Um, so I, I'm not going to give too much away. But no, don't give too much away. Just just a little bit. Yeah, no no details, specific no. details. I have to wait till the day, day we'll call before. It, we'll call it a concept. Yeah, so, so we're... We have some agility stuff, some balance and speed stuff, but I, I want I want to do it where every athlete is forced to engage a specific obstacle at the same point. So I don't want to see a kid that is hit his growth spurt and is a foot at least. I mean, I've seen a foot, you know, 14 inches taller than other competitors in that same age group, and be able to reach out and skip, say the first three grabs and literally at, oh, at the UNA finals, literally lean out and skip the first obstacle of two sections because they were tall enough to do that. So we're going to have a starting point. There will be a clear mark starting point where you must start here, even though you can reach another three feet out there. That way the short kid that can't reach that far, he's starting right there also. So everyone will be forced to engage an obstacle at the same point so that way it's fair so that's great no height discrimination yeah Good job <laughs> yeah we're short guys so we totally appreciate that <laughs> yeah i'm right there with you but you know it, it is it is something that i want to try to create fairness and uh, that's why that's why i want to be involved in this sport as it continues to grow and hopefully a higher level someday because i just want to see i have my own ideas and i love how everything's improving every year on both sides both us uh, main sanctions um, props to them, but I have ideas too that hopefully one day I'll get to share with them and be yeah, involved yeah. in. Good, great. And and that's what that's what any growing sport needs is is people who yeah. 
you know, especially on the end who, are, you know, like us who are maybe winding down our competitive career. Um, physically. To stay, yeah, physically to stay involved and to keep building the sports for those yet to come. And that's, that's awesome. That's, that's great. So there's one other subject I want to touch on with you. And, uh, and that's something that you and I can relate to. We both have kids who are competitors. Mine's a little older than yours, but your boy, uh, Braden, is it? Braden. Yeah. Braden. He was on Ninja Warrior Junior, correct? Yes, season one. Oh man, you got to give us a quick a quick go through what that was like, even as a parent, just to sit there and watch him do that. Yeah, so two years ago, and you still got goosebumps. So just talk about <laughs> it. So obviously, it was a big, it was a big cool thing. Um, so we had went. Uh, I guess long story short, we went to Houston for Thanksgiving. We went to Iron Sports first time we ever been to a competition. I mean, I'm sorry, a ninja gym. Um, so my Braden was doing stuff and uh, he saw Daniel Gill, which was his favorite anyway. We're like, Oh, you want to do a class with him? And I like so him. we signed him up and then Daniel come over and he asked where Braden trains. I'm like, mm, this is the first time he's been in a gym and he thought he had been <laughs> training for at least two or three years. So that made me feel good. And we knew he was really athletic. He's really active. Um, he's ADHD on a pretty extreme level. So he's, he's high strung and always doing something. So having him, get that call we we auditioned for it which we didn't know what we we're doing we threw together our audition stuff and sent it in and um they they called and that was one of the uh you, when you see that 818 just like the grown-ups do that was one of the most exciting phone calls i've seen because we knew what erico to look for um you see it in but, your face how excited you must have been <laughs> everyone says that so that's cool thank you but congratulations it was, buddy it was, yeah it was cool um it was one of the, it was the best experience for me for sure because it was about him but going out yeah. there and seeing all of that and he says the same thing too he loved it but he was the second smallest kid he was like an inch taller than another little boy and on average the other kids were almost a foot taller so that was his big challenge right there he could have done better with just a few more inches of reach but um his ability was there it's just um it was a challenge for his size um he's grown now you know, it, it was it was a great experience, obviously. So, what's his mindset now that he did it? So, is this is this is this a path that he wants to take? Is this something that's now become a drive for him um, and get better at? Does he want to go back and compete? He's, you know, what we <laughs> I personally and I think my wife as well would like to think so um, because of my competitive nature and his opportunities. You know, we have a gym. Um, there, are, there are a lot of kids that would just love to move in here and sleep on the floor when we go home. But he, he likes doing it. He would rather do it with other kids and help them um, than come Not in here true. and train hardcore himself to get, get better. He did really well at the NNL finals, and that gave him a little fire. And he talks about, um, you know, oh, here's my goal and this is what I want to do. But I want to see more commitment in the gym, to be honest. Um, Got and, you. Yeah, he he needs somebody at his level to train with, and we just don't we don't have that in our town yet. So okay. we're working on that. We're working on that really hard. Um, you know trying what? to bring in a really high caliber trainer, somebody that can do it and has been there, done that. So I think once we get that person in place, it'll definitely help him in his training because um, they'll be able to push him, you know, and help him. That's, That's awesome. great. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, that's a, a real positive note and probably a great way to wrap things up. 
Um, again, so it's June 6th and 7th, yep. uh, Pensacola, Florida. Yep. Ninja Life. Go out there, get qualified for the finals. And uh, honestly, Scott, thank you very much. We've, we've been dying for some Ninja news lately, and it's nice that they're, you know, gyms are opening up across the states. We're having a few opening up in here in Canada now. So it's good to get back on the board, and, and we really appreciate you coming on and talking to us and yeah. letting us know what's going on down there. Thank you, Scott, right. for coming on to OCR, you know, un unedited. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, guys. Right. To everybody else out there, take care. Take care. Right.